Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. Fashion Lab on Cliffcentral.com. <laughs> Welcome to the Fashion Lab, all of you. I mean, this is the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And I'm smiling and laughing because of that nice little intro. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis Ford, and today we will be discussing a very interesting um, subject around African fashion brands on the rise. And we will be joined by some really cool guests. I personally, I really believe that this topic will, you know, kind of help us highlight specific brands and fashion designers who are moving up within the continent. And I know that if it's hard for me to keep up, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of you to also keep up on, you know, just new, um, up, upcoming, um, or just emerging or even established, um, rising brands, um, within the continent. So in a nutshell, I would like to dissect this topic at least once a month. And if you would, Africa, if you're listening and if you concur, you can tweet us on Fashion Lab AF. Share your thoughts. And if you say yes, yes, it is all the way. <laughs> Sitting with me in studio, we've got, uh, Morwick. In his Maasai blanket again. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> Mark, I, I said, if I see you with this Maasai blanket again, I'm going to fall over. I mean, why every... No, no, it's, this is the second week, Liz. Thank you. And the thing is, you can wear it in different variations. And I thought today, because I'm putting on, you know, my gray suit. My mom bought me this great local red little boots from Durban. And it just complimented for me to put on my Maasai blanket in a different way. So uh, uh, why not? So your argument is if you wear it in a different way, you didn't wear it. And I'm again. telling you, people that's gonna see, they're not even gonna, they're not even gonna notice that I have it on because last week, Nicholas said, oh, you have the whole coming to America feel going on. <laughs> so yes, but I'm, I must say, Lizzie, you look absolutely amazing too with your little check three quarter, um, pants, black and red and your little sweater that you have going on. I must no, say. No, it's not a sweater. It's a woolen jacket. It's a tailored jacket, but it's Oh, woolen. sorry, sorry, sorry. But it you does have woolen. a little sweater. And let me show off the lining. On. We're gonna tweet this later. <laughs> no, it looks absolutely stunning too. Your hair also looks a little bit more full, more Thank different. you. I'm, I'm feeling fun and floody today. But you know what? Moving on to the other red uh, corner of the room. <laughs> the senior <laughs> trend analyst. We've got our lovely senior trend analyst, Nicola Cooper. You look lovely in red on your lips, red on the head. and and, and I'm channeling red today. Like a Google beacon. <laughs> you can find me anywhere. What's inspiring that look though? You know what? I'm going for it. Like a little bit of a gangster thing. I got this, I got this new necklace, which is amazing. It is, um, a cast tooth. So if I was younger, I would totally rock a grill, but I'm not young enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought <laughs> I would go for this, but, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a gangster. We must show your shoes too, because I saw you have amazing, amazing shoes and it really contrasts that whole black. We need to take a picture. And, and tweet it. You, you look, you guys look absolutely, every time I have to come to the studio, I'm like, gee whiz, maybe I should just ask Liz and Nicola, what are you putting on? What are you wearing? I what know, are you and wearing? it's radio. No, but it's beautiful. <laughs> you know what? Fashion is such a, a visual thing that sometimes if we don't describe it, I mean, mm. how are they going to know? And the good thing is we'll still have some stuff, um, flying around social media. So, you know, for those who are tuned in, you know, keep tuning in. Um, for our first time listeners, Fashion Lab is the first fashion business radio show to go live in the air, I mean, live on air in the world. And through this medium, we've been, you know, using this medium to help develop the African fashion industry. Uh, obviously, if you have a topic that you feel would uh, be able to elevate you as a fashion um, African brand or like as a fashion savvy person who cares about consuming local brands, you're welcome to share with us as well um, on Twitter or just log on to www.fashionlabafrica.com and let's have conversations around how we can make this thing uh, a beautiful affair. Uh, moving on with the icebreaker, um, mm -hmm. I just want to, just before we get into our heavy topic, yeah. um, I was reading something on the business behind fashion around what African fashion... Sorry, business of fashion. Business of fashion. Yeah. Gosh, there's business behind fashion, <laughs> business of fashion, excuse me. But um, it, it's just basically a topic around what African fashion brands need. Yeah. Would it be that, the, I mean, is it creativity? We've already... Put that out, ruled that out. It's not creativity. No, we don't like no. that. Is it? Is it? What is something that we need to be able to move um, to the next level? And this writer, who's writing for Fashion's Black, is actually speaking about the fact that what we need is structure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
because really everything else is 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 that. Yeah. And she's got um she's actually shared like five pillars of different topics that she feels would be able to enhance or get us to where we need to be. Um, one of them is setting up a Pan-African Fashion Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very interesting. Which is interesting. I'm sure you guys can give me your feedback on that. There's also another um, pillar which she feels is very strong, um, uh, which would be training uh, for fashion designers yeah. mm-hmm. in Africa. She's also spoken about more commitment from African media, and I think that Fashion Lab uh, is holding it down here, <laughs> yeah. doing something serious for the fashion industry. Then there's the homegrown homegrown investments. Obviously, investment is a big um, part of this thing. So what, I, what do you guys think? And there's also a professional seasonal rendezvous. You know, everybody have different... Um, Our thoughts. Thoughts yeah. and different um, opinions around what... Why we are struggling so yeah. hard at this time? I mean, we've mm. been paying our school fees. We've <laughs> done what we yeah. need to for do, and, and surely it's got to a point where. Wh- what are your thoughts, Mark? For me, really, something that stands out for me is the Pan African Council that we need, and also local investment, because a lot of the times, you know, we have multi-billionaires within. Um, the African continent, you mm-hmm. know, and I think they need to, instead of us looking at people like Vlusco, people that, um, you know, overseas, they should be the ones that's investing in building better training facilities for the fashion industry. So when people go abroad, you know, they are exactly on the same level. And again, training. I, I bring it back because if you're a fashion designer or anyone in the fashion industry and you go to Milan or Paris or, or New York City and you're going to attend fashion week, people are going to speak fashion jargon and they're going to speak about line sheets. I always say line sheets because that is for me just the basics, the basic fundamental. And if you don't know that, people think you're a joke and it gives that stereotype to say, obviously they're from Africa. <laughs> Nicola. Nicola, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, as you know, um, I've been trying to instill some form of structural element within retailers in South Africa through trend analysis um, as a form of guidance and a necessity in business rather than a nice to have because that offers understanding to the consumer typology and that's where the 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 sort of strong barriers that you you're speaking about or foundations is that foundation in knowledge whether it's knowledge of training or knowledge of consumer or knowledge of platform where you're going to be selling Mm -hmm. like that has to be known before you i mean the product is the last thing, everything else that that is built around that is so important. Like, firstly, you've got to think about who who it's going to end up with. Yeah. So you know who who is that woman or who is that man or or who is that market? So, I think education, training, and then strong restructuring of of outdated sources. Very true. Wow. Wow, guys. Wow. We could go on and on. We can't save the world, but we can do what we are doing in the best way that we can to just um, make people a bit more aware of, you know, what we can do to be able to build this lucrative, amazing industry. Um, Back to our topic of discussion. We are discussing African fashion brands on the rise and joining us in studio are special guests, PR and marketing manager for 32 Clothing. (laughs) Busi. Vusi. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> we've also got Kenyan fashion designer um, Jamil Walji, who's going to be joining us. And we've also got the founder of Chic African, Wendy Clue. Hi. Hi. Everyone looks so amazing and so calm in here. <laughs> so just a quick reminder for those who are tuning in for the first time, we've got a segment at the end of our show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? And uh, we'd love you to start thinking about it so you can share with us your who's and your why's when we get to that um, segment. You can tweet us at Fashion Lab AF or you can Insta when you, you know, at Insta us at Fashion Lab Africa. Um, Keep your tweets coming. Um, Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you. you Thanks for having me. You look lovely despite... Despite my um, <laughs> fashion accessory. Yes, yes. <laughs> did, you, did you really think we're not going to mention that, Wendy? We, no, we, I we, knew you were going to mention it. That's why I rocked it today. <laughs> they do say that we suffer for fashion. Exactly. <laughs> so we don't want to ask why. What happened? I, I hope it wasn't... Let's a- just say I was just trying to be Serena. Um, that's what happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? That's not so bad. That's yeah. not so bad. So, Wendy, what, you mm. know, best known as a renowned marketing and communication mm. specialist with hope of inspiring and educating your world on all things African. Mm. Tell us a bit about your marketing work as well as your project, um, Chic African. Okay. Um, my marketing work has really been the, I think, the bulk of my career. Um, I've worked in marketing tourism, um, uh, for South Africa across the world. So I've worked in Germany. I've worked in the UK. I've worked here in South Africa. I've worked on a number of, um, uh, I guess projects and campaigns. I launched the Nelson, the new Nelson Mandela banknotes for the Reserve Bank. Wow. Um, I launched the, um, short left campaign, which, um, for SA tourism, which is about inspiring and getting people to travel South Africa. Um, I launched as well the It's Possible campaign that SA Tourism um, was running out internationally about moving um, South Africa's positioning from a place of impossibility because of the barriers that we had, such as crime and safety and security, to getting people to see that it's possible to actually transgress that and come in and experience South Africa. I was also Chief Marketing Officer most recently for Brand South Africa, which is an organization that is... Um, Managing South Africa's reputation amongst investors in particular, um, to, to encourage, um, foreign direct investment in the form of tourism and all oh, those wow. sort of things. Nice. So I've had a very interesting and fulfilling career, but the one thing that's always stuck, um, struck me is that I've always felt, um, and it's become much more, I think, urgent for me and much more important for me. I've always felt that as an African, I just haven't been, um, put into the narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself in the narrative, um, whether it's a style narrative, it's a fashion narrative, it's a literature narrative. And where the idea of Chic African, which is not a project but a business, and I think that's also another thing that we as Africans need to get to, is to stop limiting ourselves in the use of our vocabulary. Because yes. I think if you're doing a project, it's got a beginning and an end. Yes. If you're running a business, it's going to live beyond you. And wow. I think that's important for us to get into our heads. So um for me, how that started was I was looking for a book by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She's a Nigerian, um, New York based author, um, at an exclusive books in, in one of the shopping malls around Johannesburg and they didn't have it. But what struck me on that day, and I'd been to the shopping center many a times, but what struck me on that particular day was that the African literature section was hidden away in some corner of the store and even then, the selection of books there was just very minimal. Mm. And when they didn't have the book, I was told to go to Amazon. So I literally had a fit at the yeah. counter to say, <laughs> okay, so I'm in Africa, an African city. I can't buy a book by an African author. And I have to go to an international supplier to buy it. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And when I walked out of the, the bookstore, I looked around me and the narrative in that shopping center just didn't include me. Whether it was makeup, whether it was hair, whether it was fashion, I didn't see the African perspective of me being celebrated. And that day was when I decided that I'm going to take it upon myself to make sure that the beautiful, sophisticated, creative, loud, and confident Africa um, is expressed in its in, in, in its glory um, and to create the platform of chicafrican.com which is really about celebrating that and saying that we are here um, we are creative we are sophisticated we are world class um, and there, may, there are many stories um, that we need to tell um, and why wait for someone else to do it if we're going to change the the shape and the form and the narrative of who Africa is, um, why do we have to wait for anybody else? Wow. So that's really where the story began. Um, and just to go back to guys, what you guys are talking about in terms of what business fashion was, is, is all of, was saying, um, I think one of two other pillars that are critically important, um, for African designers, whether they be in fashion, and I see fashion as a very holistic picture. So I don't see just clothing as fashion, right? Yeah. So I see yeah. the way you wear your hair as part of expression, as of fashion expression. Very true. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a singular or, or a very sort of uh, myopic view of fashion. Mm. But for me, the one thing is about access to markets. Um, I yeah. find that African designers just don't have access to markets, even the ones that are doing very well. So you look at Taibo Bakar in Mozambique and the stuff that he's, cu- he's coming out with. It's just absolutely absolutely amazing. It's world class. It can be put on any fashion show and any fashion week across the world. Does he have access to markets? Does he have access to that mm-hmm. end consumer? Um, does he understand what that end consumer wants? So it's very important as well to understand and, 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 and listen to the audience and, and, and say that. The other thing for me that worries me about the fashion industry in South Africa is also just the inaccessibility or the unavailability of African designers, even in our retail spaces. Yes. So you go to any retail space, you struggle to find 
a, a an African designer's yeah. aesthetic yeah. or a point of view or you know something that you can say, wow, okay, that expresses who I am yeah. and I can relate to it. So I think that's important. And the investment thing, I cannot stress it enough. I cannot stress enough that Africans need to invest in other Africans. Mm. Yes. Firstly, by us buying our own product. Very yes. true. And believing in that. So not waiting for Beyonce. We all, lo- I mean, we all love her. She's great. But why do I have to wait for her to tell me that something African is great before I buy it? Absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of makes me angry. Yeah. Wendy, I love the fact that you're speaking about um, access to markets, yeah. you know, because it's something very important. Yeah. So through um, Chic Africa, through your company, um, how do you intend to penetrate the African market? Because I think that is one of the most important elements that we need to start looking at is for us as Africans to find ways to penetrate the African market. And how do you think through your company? Well, the reason why I did it as an online platform was purely because of that, so yeah. that I didn't have any geographical barriers. Yeah. Because I think that the digital revolution has allowed us to to cut away those digital um, those 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 geographic barriers. Um, so that's the first thing. So, and secondly, is just to showcase and to actually sell the product that I, I, I'm currently writing content about. So the way the, the, the company and the business is structured is that, firstly, I believe that content is king, right? So yeah. I believe that before you sell anybody anything, you've got to tell them the story behind that which you're selling and make it compelling and make it interesting and, and make sure that it, 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 it touches a, a human truth. I think that's very important um, because all of us human beings, um, there's one thing that we have in common is a human truth. So whether that is love, whether that is hate, but we have a human truth. So find that human truth amongst your audience and always be be clear about that, but also deliver compelling content. I think content has got to be very compelling. So um, the chicafrican.com um, has got different categories. And I've deliberately not gone into a category called fashion. I've gone into a cat- category called, called style. Okay. And in there, I, I, I encapsulate fashion, accessories, makeup, beauty, and those sort of things, um, hair, um, which is which is a critical part of who we are as very Africans. True. Eh? Very true. Um, so the the one way is about... A, discovering these African designers mm-hmm. and giving them a platform on chicafrican.com yeah. to tell their story. I think that's the first thing that we ought to do, so to break those barriers and introduce each other to one another. I think that's the first thing, yeah? And then the second thing for me is... um as soon as I, can, as I can get an investor who's going to help me to scale the business, <laughs> is to then turn that into a content plus e-commerce platform. So wow. give the designers the ability to sell their product on the platform. Um, so if I'm going to do a story about Christy Brown, she's a Ghanaian designer who does the most amazing neck, neck pieces. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a story of Christy Brown and she tells us about what her inspiration is and why she uses the cloth that she does. The consumer who's on the platform, who's on the portal, is also able to then buy that product um, that we're talking about in a particular article or in a particular interview with that designer. So that's the one way I'm hoping to do that. The other way is through that I also believe that consumers like to have a multi-sensory experience of, of, of anything that they buy, right? So in one way, um, the, 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 the digital revolution is great in that you've got access to things, but people still want to touch and feel and see and Very smell, true. right? Yeah. So um, one other way that we're going to give access is to uh, make sure that we are visible at African and um, global events as pop-ups. Um, so, you know, an African Biennale in Senegal, we mm. want to be there and showcase Chic African and have designers because Chic African itself doesn't design anything. Chic African is a platform that's giving access to designers um, um, for them to, to access a huge market. So it's be available at pop-up stores um, because I'm over the whole set up a retail store um, kind of thinking. It's highly mm. expensive. And the world has migrated yeah, online yeah, anyway. Absolutely. So, you know, why not yeah. just um, get people yeah. on there? Um, tell us, Wendy, what mm. criteria do you use to curate this type of designers or brands that you'd love to associate with um, Chic African? Wow, it's 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 I think for me a boldness and a confidence about being African. That's really the the the, the point of view that um, as Chic African we use to curate. Um, is is it bold? Is it confident? Is it creative? Is it world class? Um, but also, does it have does it have the potential? Uh, for an appeal to a very large audience. That's very, very critical. The other critical thing for me, and that's important in also getting things like trend analysis, um, analysis and all that, is can the designer produce the stuff that is needed? Yes. Mm-hmm. On time, on budget, 
as per specification. Without compromising. Without com- exactly. Those yeah? key elements. So for me, it's, is the back end of the designer working? Mm. Is it functional? Because what we see on fashion shows is all great. Yeah. But if you can't produce that in, in quantities mm. and to the same and consistent quality, mm. then you're just not going to be in the game. I yes. call that wow. my Snoop Dogg theory. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> Nicole well, is just gangster today, I'm telling you. <laughs> Wendy, <laughs> Wendy where, can, where can people connect with you? Because, I mean, we love what you're doing, and yes. obviously we would love to um, connect again on a, on, a fi- you know, on a different space. Sure. And, and just follow up with what you're doing, and op- hopefully also get some of our brands into your space. Absolutely, I'd because love we are, to have We are very them. bold, and we are very African. You look bold and, and African, <laughs> girl. And very, we are proudly, proudly African. I'm proudly African, Where yeah. can people connect with you? So it's www.chicafrican.com, but they can send me an email on wendy at chicafrican.com or um, on the website they can also just um, subscribe we do a, a newsletter so they can subscribe to that um, um, or email as well contact at chicafrican.com and we, 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 we're discovering so many stories we, it is so amazing how, how Africans yeah. um, are just taking it upon themselves to, to change um, how we're viewed and I think a big force of how that is done is through arts and culture and through Elements such as fashion and style and, and, and literature and travel and all those mm. sort of things. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you wow, so Wendy. much, Wendy. Thank we will you. be right back after this little break. It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go, go, go to the Cliff Central account. Tab Connect. Then message to show. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. And we are back uh, with Vusi. Uh, we are talking to Vusi from 32 Clothing. Uh, Vusi, welcome to the show. You look uh, very relaxed on a Friday af- uh, afternoon. I am quite relaxed. It's a jean day, so <laughs> <laughs> laying back today, definitely. At least it's not a no-pants day. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that would be a mess. That would be a definite mess. Welcome to the show. For those who are tuning in, we are discussing um, the... African fashion brands on the rise and we are here with Vuzi and uh, we are also here obviously with our senior trend analyst who's looking at me deep in the eyes because (laughs) (laughs) it's about time for um, Nicola to share the trend report and then we will continue our conversations around this topic. Welcome to to the show with the trend report Nicola. Hi, um, well thank you for having me again. Um, and just opening it up, um, I'm going to be really short and sweet in my introduction. As most people know, I'm quite synonymous for my hair. Um, so I thought this, this week we would talk about hair trends, um, specifically um, the business of hair and the fact that there is an estimated 4.5 billion rands worth of business in South Africa, which is a rise in 30% in sales of hair alone. And one of the additional elements is, if you look at India, India's main export, believe it or not, is hair. And um, as well as that, Mama G, who's a Nigerian singer, recently boasted that she spends 500,000 naira... On a single hair piece, which is made out of 11 sets of human hair. So looking at all the <laughs> hairstyles in here, I'm going to actually go over to my guest, um, who is Yentel Palmer, who is an expert in hair extensions. Because we often get the, the sort of African perspective, but we don't get the Caucasian perspective on hair extensions because it's kind of a taboo. Um, so I'm going to ask you because you're a young businesswoman and you started your own business because you wanted long hair, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, I'll, I'll go into the background of how I actually got into the hair industry a little bit. Um, I'd cut my own hair very short into, I don't know if you remember, in 2008, the Rihanna cut, the, the long fringe and the short sides and back. Yes. And I absolutely loved it for about a week. And then I really started missing my long hair. Um, so I started online. Actually, that was my first point of call. And that's an important part of my story because it led me into the discovery of how the current consumer is thinking about hair. So often the first point of call at the moment is 
going online, which is what I did. Um, and I went through a series of about four sets of hair over that year and a half. And I had, I experienced quite a few problems with the hair, um, in terms of quality and in terms of pricing and in terms of my expectations. And that led me to investigate the global market and to see what I could bring in for myself from other countries. Um, this isn't to say that the local options are not good. There are many good local options, but at that time, unless you were willing to spend thousands, sometimes tens of thousands, um, the options were limited. Okay, so with the trends, I know that the ancient ethereal, modern renaissance trend, which kind of links to the Game of Thrones with that extra long hair is um, coming in, well, it is trending and of course dyeing it that beautiful silver color or pastels and stuff like that. You know, my niece is 18 years old. She wants blue hair and of course... Mom is frightened to death that she might destroy her hair. Would hair extensions be a healthier option if she was like dyeing those and putting those in? Yes, that's just asking for a friend. <laughs> um, it's a great question, Nicola. Um, hair extensions are not just for having longer hair. Um, Obviously, that's a huge trend at the moment, and that's one of the things it can be used for, but it can also be used to add thickness to your hair, to add color to your hair, to create an ombre effect without having to color any of your own hair. Um, with your cousin, um, what did niece? you say? Niece. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I get those two confused. Um, okay, yes, with your niece, she would have to bleach her hair to, um, first. Yeah. So when people see these vibrant colors, they think, okay, I'm going to go into the salon and I'm going to choose pink or blue. It's not that simple. You need to first strip your hair of its natural color, which is damaging. Um, you're using peroxides to get it lighter, and then you'd need to add in the strong pigment. So hair extensions would be a great option for her. Okay, um, great. Yeah. And another trend I'm starting to see for high summer is like neon colors for hair, like bright yellows, electric, electric pink. And I've got a very, very special guest in today, the editor in chief of uh, Unlabeled magazine, which is an online magazine, uh, Pendukuta. And I'm looking and there's Liz, there's Mo and there's Pendu and all of them have such distinctive hairstyles. And she's just done a series called the Hair Portrait Series, yes. um, which is a street series about the trends and uh, the extension of your style through your hair. Uh, welcome, Pendu. Um, tell me a little bit about the series that you've just um, shot. Hi, Nicola. Uh, well, we shot the series in Bromfontein, and we were just um, doing it just so people can express uh, what hair means to them and how it relates to their identity. And uh, basically... It was just us approaching people with the most interesting styles around Bramfontein, and we're actually continuing the series in Mabone. Okay. What, what is the most interesting hairstyle that you've seen or the most trending? <laughs> I think uh, it goes back to what you guys were just talking about, and hair color is, like, huge right now, like people putting in different colors. Um, we saw... A uh, Caucasian guy with grey um, dreadlocks. Um, we've seen, you know, the most interesting things, and most people are having dre dreadlock hair, um, which they add wool in their hair um, and different colours. I mean, it's almost going to like DJ Doop or um, uh, Moonchild, who has actually coined her name or of her hair, the Moon Mop. So it's actually becoming a major expression of identity and emotion. And I'm going to go back to Yentl for, for this one. Do you find that when do women change their hair? Because I know I changed my hair when, when I had a breakup. Um, and, and, and it is a self of, of like reassurance. It's like a main, you know, like, okay, no one's going like, to. Am I that Hot. Uh, yeah. I have mine for six years, Nicola. Uh, I mean, Penny, you've never seen my hair, right? Marwick obviously hasn't gone through a breakup, so no, let's, no. Let's leave him until he goes through that. But breakup. I mean, I went from a classic, what I love to refer to as a bitch bob, to this flaming red hair. Um, yes. Um, 
yes, we do find that a lot. A lot of our clients will come in and they'll say, I just need something to pick me up. I've gone through a breakup or I've gone through a major change in my life. And that is a very common thing. When you have a huge emotional change, your hair is an extension of yourself. It's an extension of how you're feeling. So it is one of the things that we as women and as men um, turn to when we need a little pick-me-up or a change. Or if we're feeling different inside of ourselves, it's a it's the perfect way to express how you're feeling inside in a way that other people can also see it. So, Pendu, um, you yourself have a signature hairstyle. I know you change it quite often, but what do you feel is what do you feel your hair says about you? Because as I said, it, it, it's almost beyond trend. I mean, we can say baby lights are in and the bun is in and stuff like that, but I find it's more becoming more of a sense of personal expression rather than just a trend. So I'm going to say the trend is personal expression through hair. Yeah. I would say, uh, I agree completely with that statement and, for me, it's about individuality and just um, going against the grain and doing something Absolutely. separate, separate from what other people are doing. So I have to. I I'm constantly engaging with trends on the street. So I do right the opposite, you know, of what people are doing because I don't want to fit in. I want to stand out. Okay. Yeah. And Yentel, how would you um, incorporate um, your product into this kind of trend about differentiating yourself from one another um, using hair? Um, well, using hair extensions, you have a lot of options. You don't necessarily have to go long. You could go big um, and keep the length the same. Um, in terms of the freedom that hair extension offers you is you don't have to damage your own hair every time you want to change. And um, I think a lot of our icons and celebrities and um, and so on in the local and international market are known for changing their hair frequently. Mm. Um, that is quite a trend, and hair extensions give you the freedom to do that. Well, I mean, for for uh, people who understand trends, we use Rihanna as an uh, example of what we call a trend driver. Um, when Rihanna gets a hairstyle, uh, 50,000 people copy that hairstyle. And then the first thing that Rihanna does is change it. And that's what we call the driver of fashion, which is imitation versus differentiation. Wow. It's kind of a version of bitch stole my look. <laughs> um, so... I think that, um, you know, it's really been interesting. And just to throw out a few things from David Gilson at Hyde Park, Carlton Hair, who uh, gave us some tips for, for this season. Baby lights, which is a new hair color technique, which are natural looking highlights. Classic deep black. Okay, so black is back and black is back for summer. It's quite an unusual element. Of course, the neon oranges, um, which is associated uh, with the neon uh, folk trend, which is quite an interesting trend to check out. And gray, the beautiful gray hair that um, we've been seeing around and, of course, with substantial length. And then, of course, what the girls are doing in in Josie and Cape Town with their hair on the streets. I mean, I think it's the most interesting aspect to be watching in terms of summer. I think we're going to go a bit wild um, this summer. So I'd like to thank Pendu and I'd like to thank Yentl. Um, would you like to just give your details, Yentl, where can, uh, someone can find you? Yes, um, I have a company called Hair Extension Experts, and we um, service the Gauteng market. We've got a travel to you service, but we do um, deliver for the whole South Africa. So you can find me on www.hairextensionexperts.com. Did you say you go to people's houses? Yes, we have technicians that um, travel out. So especially for our ladies that work late nights, well, that only get home later, that can't take off time in the day. Um, So we do an after-hour service um, till 7 o'clock. We try to accommodate all our clients. And um, hair extensions don't have to take three to four to five hours. We get it done within an hour. So we're quick and... 
and that's what we specialize in. Okay, Pendu, um, where can people reach your um, particular mag? And I, I'm dying because I've seen one image from that series and it is absolutely exquisite. And I love the way that African girls express with their hair. It is just so beautiful. Um, so where can we find you? Um, the mag is un- unlabeledmagazine.com. And you can find it at Unlabeled Mag on Twitter, at Unlabeled Mag on Instagram and Facebook. I just have to say, I love the hair. I mean, we're talking hair for those who are tuned in, but whoa, the hair going on in this studio is, is just different personalities, different directions. Moses is facing Timbuktu. <laughs> Haz is just sitting. Pendu, your hair is amazing. Everything is amazing. Nicola with her signature hair look. It's such an interesting topic to just, um, and an interesting trend to discuss. And, uh, Absolutely. And I do think, um, as our earlier guest said, um, hair is very much a part of fashion and style and personal style. So rounding it off, that is my trend report for the week. Um, if you'd like to follow me, it's at Nicola Coop. And if you want to ask me any questions, it's hashtag ask Nicola Cooper. Thank you. Wow, Nicola Jewis, that was, that was quite an intense, um, little trend report <laughs> that we just had. I mean, Liz and I, we're just sitting and we're like, wow, you know, and, and it's so funny. Even like Wendy said, like, hair is also, it's, it's a part of fashion and it's a part of, Absolutely. of who we are. It's, it's, it's a signature, isn't it? I mean, billions and billions of rands and dollars are being spent on hair. Nicola, thank you for that lovely trend report. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's just continue with the tweets and instas and share with people what we are talking about so they can also see the visual side of this um, conversation. And uh, for those who are tuned in again, this is the Fashion Love on Cliff Central. We are holding it down here every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. Central Time. And we are going to be having Jamil Walji from Kenya, Kenyan fashion designer, joining us back on to our conversation around um, African rising brands. Um, and uh, Jamil, I'm about to sing a song while we uh, go for it, Liz. get Jamil. But <laughs> <laughs> Jamil has incredible hair. That's by what the I was going to say, and I didn't even think about it. But everything that we've been discussing in here has kind of linked back to your trend report before we knew that you were going to speak about hair today. It's our closeness, beautiful it's our gang. It is. It's like when you. I don't know, it's uh, it has something, gosh, like when you walk in, there's this presence, mm. you know, that everyone, and it's different, and I think each and every one of us, you know, it's, it's, it's significant of who we are and our personality, and so... Yeah, gee whiz. And I you mean, can spot us from a mile away. Mara. No, trust me. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Nicola trust me. made a joke earlier, said if the FBYI was looking for her, they wouldn't even, <laughs> she shouldn't even have to run or do anything. She'll just They'll stay just in a corner. Me. They will find, they will I find I always her. stand out like a sore thumb. Like, oh, there he is. <laughs> um, you know what? As we are talking African fashion brands on the rise and we have Vusi here with us. Vusi, would you just be able to just share with us a bit about what you're doing with 32 clothing, we are very, I'm quite frankly, I am very surprised about the, the fast growth. I mean, just mm, now, yeah. one second ago, I had about 32 clothing. Now they're running out of space. They're now about to overflow into the continent. Tell us a bit about uh, 32 clothing. It's very interesting to actually check out how it has grown in such a short space of time. But we are a new concept in South Africa. We are an off-price retailer. And that means that we sell you brands at up to 80% of the original retail price. And how we manage to do that is because we order directly from the brands themselves in Europe and the USA. And we order all the excess stock, all the overruns, just everything that they couldn't put into the store. We take and we bring it to Africa and we sell it at half the price. This is not a new concept in the world. It's yeah. actually just a new concept within Africa. Yeah. Because in America, TJ Maxx actually yeah. has mm-hmm. over a thousand stores. And we also have Nordstrom Rack and you have Burlington Coach. So it's definitely not a new thing, but it's new in Africa. In Africa. Yeah. It's a good and, innovation. Yes. Yeah. And obviously you guys are the first off price retailer, I'm assuming, of your kind. You think in the continent or in the country? Just in the continent, yeah. Of Africa. Okay. And what type of brands are you selling in there? We go directly in Europe to places like Cars. We go to H&M. We go to Zara. We have And Other Stories. 
We order from shoes to accessories to bags to clothes, everything that you can imagine. You can find it at 32 Clothing with different ranges of brands, always up to 80% and 30% off. You know, because this is, it's, it's a new, it's a new thing for Africa, which means it's, it's, it's something different, yeah. you know, but what is the mission and the vision for 32 Clothing? What, what is your objectives? The objective is to supply people with quality clothing. Everyone wants to wear quality clothing and everyone wants to wear a branded item. So we're trying to give people that aesthetic and trying to give people that luxury without breaking their balances. Because in the economic climate that we have right now in Africa, people can't really afford to buy directly from those brands. So why not give them that luxury of being able to afford the brand that everyone is talking about and everyone is dreaming about at the price that they can actually afford. So what we're trying to do is just communicate that message to people that it does not really have to be expensive to look good, to feel good and to also fit in. Uh, Vusi, I love what you guys are doing and I'm going to give you, I'm going to put you in some hot water just mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> so just get ready for this. But that's okay. You we, want me in advance. Yes, we are, um, you know, when you say, I love what you guys are doing. I love what you're offering. And obviously I love the fact that your business model is actually working and that's why you're expanding so quick. However, you're running away to go and find this brands, good quality brands. Good. We are here. What, what happened? Have you thought about African brands that are actually good quality that could also still be brands that local people or African people within the continent might want to access, but they can access it because maybe it's too expensive? And have you found a way to deal with local brands that have, I know I have a lot of stock sitting in my back but i'm sure a lot of designers have stock that's good quality just sitting there maybe it's returns from stores mm-hmm. and and could be sold at a, a less a, a smaller value to be able to accommodate or to be able to reach out to uh to a big uh majority of people who actually care yes. about the brand but just can't afford it in its real value yeah definitely it is definitely something that we will take a look at because it is relevant to have in our stores especially because we are based locally But at the present time, because we are a new concept and we are a new thing in South Africa, just in general, we are trying to sort of just still utilize the same structures that do exist already in Europe and the USA. So we will start to filter into Africa and start to get those African designers. But for now, our process allows us to go to Europe and allows us to be able to access the type of structure that we want so that we can get all the stock that we need to get into the store and continue to reinvent the store Every single week So that people come in every week And they get something new So as soon as we have established Those relationships in Africa I'm sure it's definitely Something that we will get into You do know Vusi That every retailer in South Africa Is going to blame Your sort of structure For their failing hey? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah no definitely That's that's we, we are already expecting Things like that And we are anticipating The responses from brands Who are now actually in Africa But exist in our store as well so it's it's a very and I mean, tricky, tricky war, but it's quite interesting it's because you're not making as much markup as whether the st- if the store came into South Africa. It's it's quite an interesting model. It's interesting, but you know what? Hold that thought. We want to bring in Jamil um, to just join into the conversation and just speak to him a bit about what he's doing. Um, Jamil, uh, good afternoon. Are you with us? Hi, Liz. How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jamil. Hi, Jamil. Hi, how are you? We're all good, thank you. We're good, thank you, good, Jamil. Good. <laughs> thank you good, for jo- good. thank you for joining us onto the show. You're welcome. How's the weather thank you in for having me? How's the weather in Nairobi? The weather in Nairobi is a bit cold, but mixed, so it's kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, sounds like Cape Town. <laughs> don't don't yeah. worry, just continue. I'm sure you've got a whole rack of clothes that you can change into <laughs> as the seasons change in the day. But um, welcome to the show. Welcome um, to the show, Jamil. Thank you, thank you. Jamil, um, you know, as a fashion designer um, and based in Kenya, um, what inspired you to start your own label? And when was this all... Um, when did this all come about? Conceptualize, sorry, there's the word. Okay, I came back to Kenya in 2010 after I finished my graduation in Malaysia. I studied there and I was uh, lecturing in fashion and retail design, after which I knew that every everyone must go back home and develop their country. So I absolutely. decided to come back home. Pardon? No, it's just saying absolutely, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So I came back home uh, with the idea of 
you know, coming back, developing myself, developing the country, the fashion industry. So those were the main goals and reasons I came back to Kenya to start off my own brand back in 2010. Now, with all of the goals and successes you've been able to achieve so far, Jamil, from design to lecturing to even having some of your pieces in the Muso Afro Brazil in Sao Paulo, how is, uh, how is the, tell us a bit about your work process and just tell us what you're doing right now. I saw something about you going to Boston to represent, uh, Kenyan fashion, uh, designers and just tell us a bit about what's going on, um, within your space and also your process, your work process, how you work to be able to get to achieve all of this, um, beautiful things. Okay. They, uh, according to the way I work, I normally work from like design process, cutting, sewing. I do that all on my own at the moment. Simply because I can't afford to have extra people, but I, I normally outsource uh, people to help me at times when I have bulk sewing and all that. But um, ever since I came from Malaysia and I'm now based in Kenya, um, I cannot tell you that business is so good. It's just because of my creativity and the way I approach the matter with uh, my design aspects. It's where I get the opportunities to represent Kenya out there. Actually, I have, there's more appreciation for me outside my own country rather than in my own country. You know what, Jamil, it's not even news for Africans who are listening. I'm sure they can, they can put a tick <laughs> at the end of that statement because that is why we are actually trying to encourage Africans to start paying more attention to Africans and start celebrating our own because we are, we are amazing and we are good. And, uh, you know, yeah. we can support each other and actually light a fire just through that energy. Very true. Jamil, where do you see your brand moving into the future? To tell you the truth, I'm looking at it moving out of Africa. I'm looking at moving towards uh, Europe and the other countries because it's really not 100% working out for me here because most of my clients are from outside. Sorry, Jamil, there's a bit of a little sound there. Do you have your phone by, by you? I think maybe it, you should just it's fine here. Yeah, sorry, just move it away a bit because it's making this hissy sound. <laughs> We've been so blaming we, each other for We are all looking at each other like whose phone is that? <laughs> <laughs> Jamil, we love we love what you're doing and um obviously could you just give us a quick um uh just a quick brief around what's really going on in the Kenyan uh Kenyan fashion industry right now? Okay, in terms of the industry, it's it's growing, it's getting developed. We are reaching there, but it's not able to sustain designers. Designers mostly make their money from a lot of corporates. That's where they get their bread and milk from. In terms of stocking and retailing, we do not have anywhere that we can stock or we do not have any chain stores where we can put our garments and say, look, listen, this is where we have Kenyan brands. Go and shop there. And as well as appreciation from the African people, I, it's coming slowly, but it's not 100% there. But I think with time, it might come up. You know what? I'm one of your fans, so don't even worry about that. And I think you just have to continue doing what you're doing. And uh, I think uh, collaborations are also very key. Um, you know that I'm yeah. definitely, I've played in that space as well. I've had a... Uh, set up there and uh, the hustle is not easy anywhere i think uh, it's just about collaborating being in touch with what's going on within other african fashion um uh fashion platforms and uh and just doing your thing keeping your head up and i'm sure that you know the sky can only be the limit um any last words uh to jamil, <laughs> jamil to, to to all our audiences that's listening and all our listeners how can people get um, a hold of you Okay, I'm available via Facebook. I'm putting up my um, website. It's still ongoing. But I stock with Kisua in Very South good. Africa and America. Very good. Very Fantastic. good. Online store, yeah. Fantastic, Jamil. It's very nice to have you. Uh, take care of yourself and keep doing what you do. We love your work and uh, we will be in touch soon. Peace and love. Thanks. Peace. Goodbye. Thanks. Ciao, ciao.
All right, guys, you're all looking at me like something <laughs> happened, or like I killed a bird, or like I stole someone's sweater or hair. I'm like, that's your home country, all that noise coming. <laughs> guys, don't, don't make jokes about that. You know, technology is not a joke in the continent. And not, not just technology. I think yeah. it's just about, like, even when I spoke to Jamil earlier, and he knows that, he was very concerned about the Skype because power goes on and off. Really? And, mm. and he was like, I'm not sure. I'm like, we'll try it. And we've just been, thank God that we actually made it to have a small little conversation but um, again that was Jamil uh, Walji fashion designer from Kenya and you guys can obviously connect with him on his platforms um, we are back to our fun segment of the day but before we go there we've got Vusi in the house uh, Vusi has had a few conversations with us around 32 clothing and uh, what they're doing to be able to really shake and move things around and offer um, consumers a nice low um, low value on really good uh, quality brands. Um, Vusi, are there any? Is there anything else you'd like to add on about what's going on with you guys? I know you said you're adding on one more store. Yeah. Um, you you want to just share that and just we can and also maybe just share with people how they can actually connect with you guys and. Uh, okay. Um, well, at the moment, we have four stores, one in Pretoria, one in Southgate, one in Westgate, and then one in the JHB CBD. And we will be opening another store in Woodmead very soon, so look out for that. In order for you guys to be able to know when we're opening and how we're opening, just follow us on Instagram, which is at 32clothing, and then follow us on Facebook, which is 32clothing, and then follow us on Twitter, which is at 32clothing. <laughs> we like to keep it simple. But basically... um, if you guys would love to enjoy the concept of 32 clothing, you need to come into the store. You need to experience it yourself. You need to give yourself time to get used to it and just enjoy the luxury that comes with finding an item that no one else might have and finding it at 80% off. Yeah. It's an experience that you need to come and enjoy every single week because every single week we have something new and we have something even better probably. So you will always find something that you love. So definitely do contact us if you need to ask any questions and we can assist you. And you guys better up your game because you guys know H&M is coming soon. And oh, our game is, is on track <laughs> right now. They have to be worried. So you have, oh, okay, okay. Talk, talk about upping your game. Who would you want to dress and why? Let's take it from that side into this side. <laughs> guys, I have to say older South African women. Really? You are not dead yet. Okay. Um, you can grow old gracefully just a hint go and look at advanced style and and get some tips because you know the fashion doesn't stop at a certain age it continues so you know i've seen a lot of really sad ladies around lately and it's coming into summer reinvent yourself get a new hairstyle get a nice pair of heels yeah do something amazing for yourself yeah absolutely yeah Okay, um, my dad, he's probably <laughs> listening right now, actually. He's listening, but he just bought a pair of leather pants, so I'm a bit worried. <laughs> yeah, at his age, but, but I'm sure I, yeah, I'm sure I can fix that, but yeah, he's definitely one of the people that I would like to take under my arm. And it, it's so serendipitous that you mention your dad, because I was going to say my mom and my dad. Now that they dress bad, but they have this where I don't know, is it my dad going into his sixties where he pulls up his pants like really high? <laughs> like Urkel. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so this week I really want to dress my mom and my dad. I mean, although they don't trust me, I mean I'm in the fashion industry, but my mom says, Please, you do your people and I'm gonna do myself. <laughs> so mom, please, I want to dress you. Trust your son, Liz. Trust I would want son. to dress again back to women. Women's month is coming. I want to dress all the women who feel very very um, fashion savvy or style savvy. I just want to add something mm. special to their touch to make them look even more feminine and just feel good. So that is who we want to address and why. Um, join us and continue conversations with us on www.fashionlabafrica.com. This is where we hold it down every Friday. From one, one to two. two. <laughs> Peace and love and blessings. And have a fantastic weekend ahead. Absolutely. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.